Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the 19th Sunday after Trinity is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments about today's sermon, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website, faithlutheran-aflc.org. Now let's join in and hear what God has to say to us today. Good morning again. A special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the psalm appointed for this Sunday. The sermon text today is taken from Psalm 23, which can be found on page 862 in your pew Bible. Reading in Jesus' name, Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. We pray that this morning you would sanctify us in the truth, that you would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What are you afraid of? This is not necessarily a rhetorical question, although I don't expect any of you to answer out loud. I do want you dwelling on that, though. I do want you identifying the things that you are actually afraid of. This is the concept of David talking about evil in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So what are you afraid of? What keeps you up at night? What fuels your nightmares? As I was contemplating the sermon this week, I identified three things, among many, but three that stand out to me that I'm legitimately afraid of, that that actually trouble me, that I lose sleep over. The first is the thought of dementia or Alzheimer's. I, I really struggle watching loved ones and watching members of our congregation, watching their mind decay. I pray frequently that the Lord would not let my body outlive my mind. I, I, I actually take steps and exercises to, that are supposed to help stave off that sort of thing. I, I, I'm terrified of getting dementia. Second thing, Jeremy was witness to this yesterday, that would be water damage. My house is constantly under assault from H2O. Just constantly. There's water all the time. When I was a kid, and when, he, when I was in college, there is nothing I loved more than a good rainstorm. And now, 
When it rains, I pace around the house just looking for the next way when water is going to get into my house. We did a basement remodel project over the course of three, four, five years that was because water was seeping into the house because the grade on the front of our house was wrong. Two weeks ago, we discovered water damage in our guest bathroom, and now over our vacation in November, I get to do a bathroom remodel. And just two days ago, we found that water was leaking in through our roof on a leaky oven vent. And and Jeremy and I were up on the roof covered in tar trying to seal around this leaky vent. I hate water damage. When it rains, I don't sleep because I expect that some water somewhere is getting into my house. Well, maybe the weirdest one, and maybe to you guys the most, co- the most pathetic or comical of my three, is I really have a fear of getting stranded somewhere, especially traveling overseas. I, I really have this concept of going overseas. I don't have a passport, so this isn't realistic, by the way. I I have this fear of going somewhere and some natural disaster or some political conflict happens and I can't get home. It can be as simple as missing an airplane, and Esther can attest to this, I really, really, really don't like being late to the airport. But uh, this whole thing blowing up in Israel... It hit home for me in a different way because I actually have a pastor friend who is set to go to Israel next month. And I can't imagine what I would go through mentally being in Israel and having this whole thing go sideways and not having a way to get home. Now those are things I'm legitimately afraid of. And that's what David asks us to wrestle with. What he asks us to consider in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And it's that word evil that he wants us to dwell on in that sentence. Now, this is not just wickedness moral evil, or or even the stuff of Halloween, evil in, in the Jewish mindset of the Old Testament encompassed that, but also any type of calamity or catastrophe. Anything we would label as misfortune falls under the category in the heading of evil. And so as someone who has real fears, I ask myself, how can David be that confident? How can he have that much peace to say, I will fear no evil? And so, this morning, we're going to turn our eyes back to Psalm 23, and we're going to see what it is about David's relationship with God Almighty that takes away his fear. And first, David fears no evil because of the cross. Now, I can understand how on earth, during the first section of Psalm 23, am I going to get to the cross? Now, I know most of you who have heard me preach know that sooner or later, I'm going to get to the cross. 
It's expected, it's my job, it's what I do. But straight away, can we see and are we permitted to see the cross as behind David's peace, as behind his confidence, as behind his comfort? And I think we can. Because in the opening verses of Psalm 23, David paints for us a picture that God, his good shepherd, gives him rest. And this image is fulfilled prophetically by Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and by his death on the cross. You see, we receive rest from all evil, from all calamity, simply because Jesus has died for us. There is literally and legitimately nothing more we need for life or salvation or eternity than Jesus' death on the cross. And the peace we receive from the reality that we are reconciled to God by Jesus is in fact lasting and comforting. And that's really the point. God restores our soul. He gives us peace from torment. And because of the sin we commit, and because of the accusations of the devil, he does this through Jesus' death on the cross in our place. And because of his death, Jesus also leads us in righteousness. We are righteous before God because Jesus is righteous. And sometimes... And maybe in my life recently, frequently, we lose sight of that. We lose sight of the reality of the cross. We lose sight of the comfort of the cross because we're so prone to get distracted by right here and right now. And we forget that when God looks at us, and when he interacts with us, he has eternity in mind. And our eternity is taken care of by Jesus. And without Jesus, there is no peace, only fear. And moving on, David can fear no evil because of God's word. The middle section of Psalm 23, in this case just verse 4, communicates the central truth of David's poetry this morning. And there are two images we need to address. First, the evil we experience as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death is real. Now certainly, this refers to the perils of death we experience at various points in our lives, but I think the valley of the shadow of death works even better as a metaphor for all of life. We are constantly under stress, constantly under attack, and in this reality, God would remind us of his presence with us. And he does this through the promises in his word. Again, these promises point back to Christ's death and resurrection that he has given to us, but it also reminds us that today, even today, Jesus is still with us. He is ever with us. We have the promise in God's word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have the promise in God's word about the church where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of you. 
And we have the promise for our lives on a daily basis. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. We have, in the valley of the shadow of death, we have the gospel. That's important to realize because the other image we have in the valley of the shadow of death is the image of the rod and the staff. Now, the rod could simply be some sort of club or other weapon, but it's probably a picture of a scepter, a picture of power and authority. And when you pair that with the image of the shepherd's staff, what God is speaking to you this morning is that he is in control, but that he uses his power and authority to gently discipline you. It's a reminder that as we interact with the threatenings and the accusations of God's law, we interact with them now through the promises of the gospel. God disciplines us. God still allows us to be convicted of our sins. And God, in fact, still condemns our sin. But he does so on a daily basis as a loving father. And he does this because of the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. God's word isn't designed to leave you in terror. God's word isn't designed to have you cower in fear. God's word is designed to bring you to repentance. God's word is designed to have you cry out before the throne of God for mercy. And as you do that, God is merciful. So even you, as God's very own dumb sheep, even you can find comfort that God with his staff pulls you back to safety and even that God with his staff bops you on your head, gets your attention, and causes you to repent of your sins so that he might forgive you. David fears no evil, and you can fear no evil simply because of the power of God's word. And finally, there is no fear of evil because of the Lord's Supper. The closing image of Psalm 23 this morning is a picture of God feeding his sheep in abundance. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There there is so many realities in those two verses that I could preach an infinite number of sermons on them and not scratch the surface of the beauty of what God is proclaiming to you today. 
There's the direct imagery of holy communion laid out for us here in Psalm 23. The preparation of a table. The overflowing cup. The presence here in the house of the Lord. But we especially need to see the reality of what happens during communion to really understand and appreciate David's own awe and wonder. When you come this morning, when you receive the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you, you do so in the midst of all your enemies. And you come to the table boldly and unscathed because it's God who has prepared this meal for you. And there is not a single thing Satan or his minions or the world can do about it. Dear saints, this morning... If you could see, if you could only pause and consider the damage done to Satan's kingdom as you come and you receive the Lord's Supper, you too would marvel. You would be stupefied. You would be absolutely shocked. And it's because of this you have the comfort and the assurance of God's goodness and mercy that it will follow you all the days of your life. When you receive the Lord's Supper, you receive the last will and testament of Jesus Christ for His church. What you receive is Jesus' desire for you, His child, to have and to cherish to be forgiven, and to receive life. As such, when you receive the Lord's Supper, you receive the sign and seal about not only how God feels about what Jesus has done for you, but about how God feels about you. As you dwell in the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear that God has abandoned you. You don't have to fear that God hates you. You have Jesus' body and blood to know exactly how he feels about you. And then you have the confession, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you come to the table this morning and you receive the body and blood of Jesus, you step into the throne room of heaven and you share in the wedding supper of the Lamb that the saints for all time receive for all eternity. There is your comfort. There is your peace. David saw all of this prophetically. And David I can imagine as he penned the words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of Psalm 23 that he marveled at the promise of a Savior. Of your Savior. Of the Savior you know. And the reality of what Psalm 23 promises to you is the reality that Jesus has completed it. 
It's because of Jesus, your Savior, that you boldly can confess with David that you fear no evil. No matter what Satan throws at you, no matter how the world rails against you, no matter what suffering you endure simply because you live in a sinful and fallen world, you can do so because of the reality of Jesus Christ of who he is, and of what he has done for you. And you can walk out of this building today knowing that you're forgiven, knowing that you're saved, knowing that you're redeemed, and that you have everlasting life. Amen. And the peace of God, which transcends your mind, guard your hearts and your thoughts forever. Amen.